Okay, so we are back at the McLeod CFO Conference at the Weston in Nashville, talking about the Blockchain and Transport Alliance and its storied history with Managing <laughs> Director and FreightWave CEO Craig Fuller and um, McLeod VP of Special Products? Projects. Um, projects. Ken Craig, he's also a co-founder of Bitup. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Hey, glad to be here. This is hey. you know this is the first time you guys have had me on. Yeah, right. We normally don't let you see what we do when we record the podcast, but it's awesome to have you here, Craig and Ken. Yeah, Craig and Ken. I like that. It's a great. So, name. so um, as far as I can remember, Bit uh, Bitup started what last August? Mid August. Yeah, it was it was mid August. So a little bit about Beta. Right. Um, so Beta is the largest technology alliance in transportation globally. It's the largest organization on the planet. On the planet, Earth. So right. it's Earth, by the way. Um, so it's the largest organization bringing bringing together companies that are involved in freight transportation to discuss technology concepts, frameworks, and um, and issues. Yeah, and ultimately standards. standards as right, much. right. Mm -hmm. And so it's it's all about developing um, data standards and formats for the implementation of blockchain technology across the supply chain. Yeah. So uh, the rally point has been blockchain. Uh, mm -hmm. We think Bitta's Bitta's role is certainly leading with blockchain. Blockchain is a fundamental view of the market. Uh, but there there are opportunities beyond blockchain that Bitta will be involved in as technology evolves. So I. I, I uh, we, we, we're certainly focused on blockchain, but it is, it is more broad than that. Yeah, we've got so many uh, members from all across the supply chain, it's, it's just right. crazy yeah, to you, not be able to take advantage of that for right. anything. Like technology companies like Google, banks like Triumph, all the Class 1 railroads, tons of trucking carriers, um, blockchain startups, you know, brokerages. Um, and you know, obviously software companies like McLeod. So tell us a little bit about how you guys came together. Like, how did you see the need for this? Um, this was you know, a little bit before um, you know, Bitcoin's historic bull run. And so it's like, how, how was blockchain on your radar? And how did this thing get started? Yeah, I mean, JP, as you, as you point out, uh, in many ways, Beta looks a lot like the S&P 500, uh, just more broad than just the S&P 500. You, you have right. the largest names in transportation, uh, whether we're talking trucking companies, railroads, airlines, uh, et cetera, involved with companies that are in the banking sector, insurance, and so forth. And so um, really, Bitta uh, is an organization that has gotten scale because it represents a need that has not previously been addressed in the market, which is the idea of companies coming together to talk and develop standards, but also look at how technology will impact their business and to discuss how they can implement it, so. Well, let me start a little bit on the history because uh, I was, we were researching blockchain for our user conference and I could not find any information about the supply chain or trucking mm. in particular. It was all about, you know, cryptocurrency. Right, somebody right. mentioned Craig Fuller, I said, and they sent him, sent him an introduction. So we, we I called him and, uh, we just hit it off, and uh, everything I brought up, he was all, all over it. I mean, he, you know, like uh, I said, you know, I've, I've got a strong background in software industry and everything, but this will never deliver to the industry without standards and things. And Craig right. said, oh, yes, I've been thinking about that all over the place, <laughs> and thinking yeah. about starting up a, a, an alliance, you know, to do that. And 
Yeah, I, I, said, I, I, I said, you got to do it, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm glad that you like emphasized the importance of standards. because I think it was one of our early conversations, um, Ken, where you were talking about the, the medical industry and how Congress sort of mandated the creation of electronic medical records, yep. but didn't create a standard. Exactly. And now there are you know literally hundreds of formats and yeah. vendors. There's that, over 200 uh, different EMR and companies. And anyone who's right. ever needed medical care or you know changed doctors or gotten billed for something knows that it's a complete disaster. Right. In Europe, you can go to Italy one day and visit a doctor, and if you end up in Spain a week later, they'll have the same records, same information there. It's a very seamless environment. Uh, and, you know, the in the trucking industry, where you have some semblance of standards, like with EDI, right? it's spaghetti. You know, it's, I mean, it works, <laughs> but with a lot of uh, pain and suffering. And so we were just talking about all that. And, Craig says, well, I've got, you know, I think, you know. So, so y'all are essentially trying to get in on the front end and solve the problems before they actually compile, before it gets too deep in the blockchain, essentially, well, with standards, right? Exactly. I mean, it was just the two guys that happen to see this, share the same vision that without standards yeah, in I, I place, think, this will never deliver what it promises. For sure. I think Ken came, so my name got referenced, it was actually Mo from PNS. Mo, yeah, Mo, Mo from PNS right. uh, Trucking, who's the CTO. Um, actually has been a follower of Freightways from the very early days. And Freightways was one of the publications that was writing a lot about blockchain and specifically about technology. And because of that, um, that's how I think Mo came across uh, our awareness of blockchain and ultimately how he put uh, Ken and I together. So can you talk a little bit about like, you know, what, who were the initial, what, seven companies that, that first sort of formed Bitta? What did you think the scope of the, <laughs> so here, what did you think of the scope of the organization was going to be and what did it turn out to be? Well, so I, I'll take the story. So Ken calls me up and says, hey, I hear you know something about blockchain. Can you explain trucking and blockchain and translate these things? And so I, 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 I botched my way through it oh, for about shit. 30 minutes. No, and no, no. He, he started describing this thing and I had a copy of this chart that showed potential use cases and I'm reading it to him and he said, Oh, I did that chart. That was So Ken and I were talking on this this call and at the end of it, um, I had mentioned the thought of creating a standards organization right. to bring together companies. And and most most of the times when I have an idea and I tell somebody they're like, Oh that's cool and you know, it, it, nobody ever follows up. Right. Ken's different. He saw an idea <laughs> and sent me an email, we want to be a part of your blockchain and trucking alliance. Uh, we'd love to join. And, right, and that, that email is now part of the immutable ledger. It yeah, is, it little, is the immutable record. It'll be, it'll be in the bit of museum. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, uh, I, it was the next day actually, and so I called Ben Murphy, who works on our team, and I'm like, oh, we gotta create an alliance, because my cloud wants to announce this next week. <laughs> And so we did. I went and bought bita.studio. Special projects gets ahead of marketing. That's it. That's, well, he was going to do this press release, and we were going to miss out an opportunity. So we, we did that. I sent him a fake press release. Just <laughs> he did. He did. Nice. Here's the logo, and here's the information. So, so over the course of that, about 24 hours, I had to go create an alliance. So I just called my friends, uh, people that I knew in trucking, and said, hey, we're creating this alliance. Would you like to be a founding member? I described it uh, uh, a little bit, and we had seven companies um, that agreed to come on board, and that created the foundational side of Beta. And then McLeod did its public press release, 
Uh, and all of a sudden, I th- it hit the fan. It, it, people started <laughs> in a good to come. way. Yeah, yeah in a good way. And, uh, uh, some other companies that are also in technology um, reached out and said, "Hey, why are we not? Why are we not founders yeah, and charter I, I members?" I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. And and so because of that, it just created this cadence where people were, were a part of it. And I think what really changed it were a couple of different companies joined that really changed the trajectory of the of the platform and probably. Um, uh, most credit should go to UPS. UPS was the first big, big name yeah. that was globally known and recognized right. that had put their name on something substantial. And so um, UPS has, uh, uh, we, we have a relationship with UPS being a part of an accelerator out of Atlanta that gave us the opportunity to pitch their executives. We talked about Beta, and they loved it so much that they decided to get behind it. And that's how UPS got involved. And then FedEx. Uh, and then that day, FedEx right. joined. Right. And, right. and once you Broke have the two, two of the <laughs> most important transportation companies in the world to be members of something, it a fledgling organization like Beta at the time, it, it really took off. And from then, it's just been... Yeah, I'll, I'll say that uh, when we first did this, we thought by the end of the year there might be 20, 25 thought leaders in the thing. And right, right. It just exploded. And I remember we would be emailing back and forth each day. <laughs> Craig would say, it's up to 40. We've got 40. And it's <laughs> like, right. we've got 70. And it's 85. And yeah, I think when we broke four. 100, it was like, what is going well, on? Well, it was it was kind of insane. <laughs> and I feel bad for the people who came to our first meeting because... Oh. <laughs> The thing we said is, hey, if you join, you'll get to go to the roundtable. We we talk about the initial standards. Right. Quite Atlanta, a large roundtable. Well, we thought there would be 30. The original room we had reserved was 30. could hold 30 people. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we got room. up to 152. Oh, dear. In the very wow. first, uh, first time. So it was packed. It was packed. We were like, we don't away. even know what we're doing. Yeah. So, yeah, it was it was kind of nuts. <laughs> and so that was the foundation of Beta. And Beta is about 425 members today, um, right. adding about 10 to 20 a week. And then Bitta has expanded. There's over, over uh, 2,300 applications right now. Honestly. Yeah, it was 2,700. 2,700. Right. So okay, it's wow. the process of going through all of that. I'm sorry, that was, my, my number was at least <laughs> a week <laughs> old. <laughs> yeah, it's I, look. I, I think what what Bitta is all about. Forget forget blockchain for a second because it okay. doesn't. What whatever the technology is that we're talking about does not matter. I think what what Bitta represents is this uh, this idea that companies inside of transportation are faced with so many issues that technology and data can potentially solve for. Right. And and Bitta is right at the right place with the right right members to help affect that. And that is what has created an opportunity to come together. Yeah, I, my perception is that the only reason we have this many applicants and everything is the FOMO effect. It's the fear, fear of missing out. And that's right. been driven by the cryptocurrencies. Right. And so that's the bad news. The good news is we have over 2,700 applicants. And what that means is when we get the standards in place, my goodness, we got 2,700 members. Right. Right. It'll People just, you know, it'll meet, you know, there's a good chance this thing might actually succeed and, and work. And uh, my goodness, if it can deliver to the supply chain what, bit of, what blockchain has been right. promising, 
I mean, that's a trillion dollars worth right. of Right, all uh, of those quite of fanciful right ROI numbers we see in white papers all the time might actually become a reality. So the FOMO <laughs> effect is actually really probably a good having thing. a good yeah. good, a good effect for uh, Yeah, I, I, think that, I think in the initial stages, FOMO is everything. I, yeah. think, I think people right. saw, ah, there's blockchain. Better get on that. And my biggest competitor is a part of it, so i got to be in it. And my, exactly. You know, the the yeah. guy down the street that, that I used to work with is in it. i got to join. And certainly... It would be disingenuous to pretend that that was not early, the early stages of it. But what's yes. happened is, right. is no one can discount the companies that are around the table and the, right. the level right. of seniority that the people that are involved are, are actually engaged. Right. And, and I think because of that, it doesn't matter whether or not we ever absolutely get to a full blockchain and, uh, implementation on every issue. It doesn't matter. Yeah. At the end of the day, it matters whether or not companies that actively compete with one another are talking about how do they solve problems that everyone faces. And I, I give you a yeah. prime example that yeah, I think will, be res will resonate is UPS and FedEx are not only members of the organization, but they're also on the board. These are companies that if anyone can be defined as an arch rival in oh, transportation, yeah, they, it's UBS and yeah, FedEx. They're locked in a battle of the ocean. But they are working together. They're hugging each other, singing Kumbaya. But they're working together to solve issues because they both have issues to solve. We were on an interview early on with a, a, a third-party publication, a mass media publication. UPS was on there. And the reporter asked, the journalist asked me um, about competition you and, and right. he was putting it in the framework of UBS versus FedEx and I said at the end of the day it's not brown versus purple that's not what we're talking about it's about brown and purple against people that are not adhering with uh, yeah. transparency and are, are trying to, to benefit from a lack of transparency and so because of that I think it, it's a very powerful opportunity yeah I think like bringing those companies together and having them work to, you know to solve common problems is so interesting. I mean, just the dynamics that sort of govern this alliance are so cool because you know I think everyone like you said can you know has a little bit of fomo right they're very aware of the risk of under investing in technology of missing out there's also a risk especially you know with something like blockchain that's nascent and kind of unproven of overinvesting of being on the bleeding edge where you're mm. dumping tons of money into something that never becomes commercially viable and collaborating that's in this alliance point, yeah. allows companies to manage both of those risks by all sort of like moving together and staying in constant touch with each other. Well, John Paul, you point out something that I think is, is integral to what we're talking about. So blockchain is not that useful if you own everything. So if, if you're the one that's, that, that owns all the nodes in the ledger and you control it, right. blockchain's a worthless technology. Right. It's actually <laughs> a very inefficient technology. And it's misleading to say that you're using blockchain for those uh, right, matters. Right, and right. there have been companies that are representing their organic technology that is exactly that, which is not, it's not distributed, they control all the nodes, right. they control all the data, and that that is a misuse of the principle of a blockchain. Right. It's a misuse of technology. The, that's where the disingenuous marketing comes in. You know, every time you have a new technology, there's people that try to, right. you know, exploit the hype. Right. And, uh, Long that, Island ice that's, you know, Long like Island you can, you know, there, I saw a webinar advertised the other day, you can be up on blockchain in 30 days with your business, and I thought, <laughs> Why? Right. Yeah, who, who are you going to interact with? It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't, and it doesn't make sense. And, and so I, I think that's the important thing. And, and I, I want to say this. I'll tell you what BIDA is not. So we've talked about what it is. We'll talk about what it's not. BIDA is not an advocacy organization for, Good point. for yes. legal and, and regulatory compliance elements. It's not an advocacy organization for any 
particular political bent. It is a technology-centric organization that is trying to help companies solve commercial outcomes of sharing data. That's all it is. And right. Right. Um, it, it, it is not meant to replace the traditional associations which mark the successful part of our industry. Right. Uh, it's not like a lot. It doesn't have a lobbying arm, for example. There's no, no lobbying not arm. Not it's not all. meant to replace the ATA or OIDA. And, you know, <clears throat> our members have disparate views. Um, our own journalists at Freightways have our own disparate <laughs> views. Right. And, and you get companies together with their own <laughs> views are going to be different. And because of that, BIDA's role is simply to bring together companies to talk about technology and come up with standards. And I think that's what makes us really special is its role is really defined as that. When you don't, you know, when you look at the, um, all the hype generated by the cryptocurrencies and the FOMO effect there, like, oh man, if I brought, brought blockchain in 2010, you know, right. it was a dollar, I, you know, it wouldn't be working now, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> you don't want to miss out on this. And, uh, you know, that's exploiting, but you're in an industry where there's not even a standard definition of what a blockchain is. Right. And that just opens the door for this. So having an organization like BIDA, the, the, the comment I get from a lot of the members is that we're just so thankful there's somebody out here addressing these things so that we don't spin off into, uh, you know, just everybody doing their own thing. And uh, that's exactly right. We can, by developing the standards, it will help to... Uh, do you think? Do you think this is gonna like because you keep saying that it's actually going to speak to a broader uh, market like mentality like everybody's kind of in the same space. Do you think that's gonna propel it into other areas potentially? Well, I, I think so. Look, I, I, I think at its very core, blockchains about sharing data. Supply chains are data. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, supply chains are movement of goods and managing data. Right. And and so supply chains are the natural place to rally around a data technology that requires integration. And so uh, that's not concentrated. The other thing about supply chains is unlike payments and banking, these are banking and payments are, are very concentrated instruments, right? In supply chains, it's very different because you have people coming from all different uh, levels of, sure. of multiple levels of, of, of product generation and, and systems and stuff. And, and technology so, maturity, they're they're all over the map. And, right. tra and, and traditionally, <laughs> you know, except for the major leaders, they're still way behind the curve. But you take somebody like Maersk, you know, look Absolutely. at what they're d discovering using blockchain with the, their mountains of paperwork disappearing. Right. So, so, you know? so, so on that point, supply chain is the perfect place <clears throat> to actually create the framework. And the reason transport is very important is because transport is, it is the liquidity inside supply chains. It's the movement of goods throughout the supply chain. And it's and it's and transportation companies are the ones that are touching multiple members of the supply chain. Right. And that is why it is the right place to rally around these concepts. And to your point, Zach, if we can be successful creating successful applications and standards inside of transport and in supply chains, that will reverberate through the rest of the economy. Well said. So we you you spoke a little bit about you know the sort of oversubscribed first meeting of BIDA um, in <laughs> what, late 2017. What's happened since then? How many meetings have there been? Can you tell us a little bit about like what the organization is working on now? Like, yeah, it's what, a great, how are the members getting together? It's a, it's a great question. Yeah. So, um, you know, the one of the things about BIDA that you have to remember is that these standards are going to be fought over years. This is not a short-term thing. And I think, I think there is a tendency for people to want it now. But that's that's disingenuous to begin with. Uh, yeah, that's that, that's what I get. I, I get calls just about every week from a CEO or CIO somewhere saying, "Hey, you know, how how do I get on this blockchain?" 
<laughs> so it's hard to say, yes, hurry up, it's exciting, it's interesting, but it's, it's not going to happen down. immediately. It's going to take some time. Box. And, you know, even some of the board members are like, hey, we need to get these standards out. And I said, why? They've got to be able to interoperate with financial blockchains and, right. you know, uh, you know sure. other blockchains that aren't there yet. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's got to all work together. We've got to get the interoperability. The carriers are critical to this. You know, when Walmart comes out and says, here's our blockchain, we bet we've got to have right. interacted with them or else we'll have, if we've issued standards, they're going to have, they're, they're going to fall immediately. So we, we've got to take sure. time and get this right. And that's the opportunity that we have. Yeah, I, I think, I think to go out and just blast something, which is, there are people that want that. There are members of the organization that are expecting that when they go to the meeting, I have a standard. And I think that's, that's incorrect. I think what, what ultimately at this stage bit is what we could do to be successful is to bring companies together that have disparate concepts and ideas to start talking about rallying around a couple of concepts and creating some commercial outcomes. Yeah. Most of those commercial outcomes will be unsuccessful and that is actually exactly what you want. You want to have a lot of trial and error, you want to have things not work out so that when you do have something work out, you can rally around that concept and that's what will create your standards. And I think that's the important thing to remember is there, this is not fault short term, and and I I people that think it's short term are missing the point of what bid is about. We FedEx we, FedEx and UPS and JB Hunt and I don't know if you remember that last slide I presented at the uh, first session, but it was the guy a businessman tied himself to the mast of a boat. So you got to <laughs> tie yourself to the mast. To the don't go off and be doing your own thing. Let's all we all need to work together, and it'll take some time to, to make this happen. But if, but if we get seduced by the hype and the siren song and the disingenuous marketing and all that kind of stuff, it can it can unravel. But we've got right now we've got a great great team, great great yep. group. So so back to your question, JP. Uh, <clears throat> right now we do so. Beta has two annual meetings in person. Uh, there's at least one webinar a month. Uh, there's a there's a weekly newsletter, and then there are slide channel. There's a slide channel. There's right. both think tanks and task force, and so okay. so think tanks are basically non-standard bearing. They're right. set by the members of themselves inside the community to say, we want to solve driver detention, or uh, you know, really we, exploring use cases. We have right. so you have you three know, fracking nice. sand yeah. trucking companies that fracking sands is very small that are dealing with a different issue than what. The package carriers are, the truckload guys are. They're dealing with these the small then, issue. You know, the, the the universal driver passport is different from you know proving temperature control. Exactly. So yeah, so yeah. these are you start getting these nuances, and that's why it's so complicated. Those what Bit is doing is encouraging those companies to start thinking through ideas and concepts and rallying around concepts to come up with ideas to hopefully create commercial outcomes, and then marrying technology companies that can solve for those issues. So that's the first you know, thing on the think tank. Yeah, side. We'd like to have you know. We're not going to standardize the use cases, but we'd like to have information on those for not for the bit of members that call and say, "Well, you know, is, this, is there a good use case for doing this?" Uh, that's another thing you got to be, be yeah, careful of. of is it, uh, you know, I call yeah. it the uh, Oprah blockchain. You know, like you get a blockchain, you get a blockchain. You know, the, every everybody <laughs> needs to. You know, oh, it's the technological hipsters. You know, blockchain will solve that. <laughs> right. You know, and so you have to you have to be. Uh, 
Uh, careful. So, so, I, I, I just, so the work we do on use cases will not be standardized, but it'll be informative and useful to. Well, it's uh, so exciting. Yeah. I mean, it's so exciting. Like, I can't wait for you know UPS and FedEx to issue a white paper together. Like, imagine how you know. Don't compelling. hold your <laughs> <laughs> But I'm saying, like, I know, I know that we're working on. Like, these groups are working on them now. So, I mean, right. I just think that's going to be really compelling. It'll be, I think, universally interesting to people. You know, whether you're in beta. Or not? I mean, well, there's a great spirit of cooperation right now. Uh, yeah, that's one thing I want to say about Beta is that there have been technology companies that have tried to to instill their will on Beta. In other words, have said, "We want everything to be. We want if there's a standard, we want to create patents and and create royalty flow off of that." Not right. Beta, but organizations that have tried to come into Beta have said that. That actually conflicts with the interest of Beta. So the board laid out very early in the cycle. It said. Any standard that is created among beta, by beta, uh, beta organization will be public and non-royalty bearing, which means nobody actually generates income when someone uses the standard. That's a very powerful outcome that could have gone the other way. And, and I know you fought it. Uh, Candace fought it. I fought it. Uh, a lot of it's so cool. It's like I mean, it's like Beta is like transportation's first like open source developer community. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, that, um, that's a great great way to put it. I said, uh, we, uh, I'll, uh, gonna add that I'll, to the website. I'll never live, <laughs> down, live down standing up on the bo- table in the boardroom, jumping up and down saying that. So. Yeah, <laughs> Ken Ken did fight it aggressively. Um, I I supported Ken. A couple of other uh, keyboard members supported Ken and and Bradley. And um, there are some big companies with lots of money that tried to influence the outcome in that decision, and they have not won that battle. That's, I mean, I think that's it's really important just to, you know, the, sort of the credibility of the organization and ultimately, like, you know, its value proposition. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. Well, um, anything else uh, from the history of Beta? What, what, maybe we should talk about, like, what we're trying to get done in the next year. So I think Beta is, again, trying to create commercial outcomes. Okay. So, so identify those issues that everybody faces, trying to marry up companies that share the same issue, that have the same challenges, but with, on different companies, uh, and looking for technology vendors that can potentially solve for those. Keep in mind, these are non-standard activities today. Right. Over time, you'll start to see standards rallied again, and it's going to be a multi-year approach, not short term. And we do have a, an organization that's working with us. It's a standards uh, development specialty company. And so they're giving us guidance and things. And we have three different committees right now that have been formed, uh, technical committees, for one for finance, one for finance and payments, and one for interoperability that are forming now and establishing the members to, uh, uh, to actually, you know, research and develop the standards in each of those areas, in addition to this, the uh, study groups that we, he talked about. That's that are, uh, awesome. Well, um, Ken Craig from McLeod and Craig Fuller from Beta and Freightwaves, uh, thanks so much for stopping by and joining us on What the Truck this week. Well, I think we'd be remiss if we did not mention Market Waves coming up in November. Okay. So yeah. November 12th <laughs> yeah, and 13th. We'll plug it. So uh, November 12th and 13th, uh, the Beta meeting will be on the 14th of November. And it's bringing together it's at the Texan Gaylord Convention Center Resort, which in is Grapevine, in Grapevine, Texas. Texas, just five minutes from Dallas Fort Worth International Airport. Well, let me say right the Transparency 18 thing was a huge success, and people that were there for the first one couldn't believe 
that these guys a year ago weren't even in business. <laughs> I mean, it's very, we're, very we're, polished. Very we, got our, we just went through the agenda today for Market Waves, and it's going to – everything's bigger in Texas. So I'm yeah. excited. <laughs> but, I mean, we had over 1,000 people in attendance, and I don't know how many were live streaming it. It was just awesome. Well, we had over 1,000 live streaming. And we'll have a bit of meeting at that session Yeah, at that, uh, yeah. Session I well. cannot wait. All right, thanks, All right, guys. Thank it. you very thanks, much. Guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode of What the Truck at the McLeod CFO Conference in Nashville. Make sure you subscribe to What the Truck on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify, and rate and review us so that more listeners can find the show. Well, that'll do it for today, and we'll catch you next time on What the Truck.